Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning, Mr. Hafiz Mitha. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on. Calgary Conspires uh, mutual friends introduced us, and you and I met. Oh, man, it feels like it was. I feel like it was last year because I think it was that it was like November, December, and uh, we're getting around. It's middle of February, yep. and we're getting around to have a chat about play, which I'll be honest is not always a subject of uh, topic of conversation when I'm talking about business and economic transformation and all these very serious these very serious things that are going on in our serious town. <laughs> but I love play and I love athletics, and you and I connected uh, exactly when you and I chatted. We connected right away. You're the founder and CEO at Play City App. So with that, let's jump in the old uh, Collisions YYC pitch elevator. What's Play City all about? And let's go from yeah, there. Yeah, sure. Play, Play City is an app developed to make it easy for people to go out and actually play. And we, we do that by removing barriers to make it easy for people to find people to play with, events to go check out, and find places to actually go and uh, experience. And Play is a very important and pivotal part of being alive, and many times we've taken it for granted, and as we get older, we just forget how much fun you know we used to have, so why do we like deprive ourselves, right? So make that happen. What what is it about? And now you, you're now becoming my psychologist, also, just so, like, so you understand. Yeah, and author empathy and a little anthropology in there. Why is it that we move away from it? Because you're right. Most of us, most of us, I don't want to blanket mm. statement. Some people, um, dodgeball in gym class was a traumatizing experience when they were right. younger. Some of us really liked team sports, and you know, couldn't get to wait to get outside a recess to go play whatever sport was the season of soccer, football, or whatever mm. the case. But then, the, so for so many people, it does it does drift away. Is it just life gets busy? We forget how important it is, or we've never really been taught how important it is beyond you know growing up that way yeah i think there's a there's, there's a few things there right like we're often as, as you mentioned in school we had recess we had to organize play it was a it was a pivotal part of being alive right like we know why it's important for us to take our dogs to the dog park because if they don't they go a little nutty as well too right but for for individuals <laughs> true story true story all of a sudden you're not utilizing your time or you have too much time on your hands if you're going to play it's kind of been <clears throat> Like the opposite of like romanticized, but you know, so I think that we get busy. We're spending way too much time on our phones. Uh, now that we live in these hybrid work environments, we're always on. It's just really, really hard to, mm-hmm. to carve out time for something that sounds like an add on versus something that actually should be like a really big part of someone's life. I really appreciate that. And so someone sent me something the other day, like the midday, the the midday workout, the ultimate power move. And I loved it because I, now that I work from home, I have a gym, uh, I have a gym in my garage Mm -hmm. and I'll literally, I'm like, I got an hour between meetings. I can go out and bang off a 40 minute workout. The rest of my day, I feel great. I'm energized, but there's this weird, like, oh, I I, I snuck out and worked out. It's Mm -hmm. such a weird stigma we place on something that actually I would argue makes me significantly more productive for the second half of my day. I'm just picking the new and the like, you know, one o'clock or two, Mm -hmm. I'll go grab a quick workout. Then the end of the day comes, now I have a little bit more time to hang out with my wife or go to the dog park or do those few extra emails after dinner because now I'm not trying to fit my workout in. Exactly. But yet we still stigmatize it as this like, oh, geez, oh, wow, well, you're slacking off. Like, oh, you have too much. Like you said, you clearly have too much time in your hands if you're able to work out during right, the day. Right. Do you ever think I have more time on my hands because I'm more energized because I work out? I will argue that any any day of the week. Me too. <laughs> and that's exactly it, right? Like I, I, would, I would challenge anybody <laughs> that says that to look at their phone and see how much, they, how much time they spent on social media that day. Right, like it's become so easy. Yes, just to and I on. guarantee that is not making your life better. I will, I will make a bold statement that that is detracting, not adding for most people. One hundred percent. So you just, so you decided to. What was your inspiration? So let's get into the. You know, we can talk about play, and we've already mm-hmm. lost a third of the listeners. The other, the other two third <laughs> have like leaned in and turned up the dial because they're buying into what we're talking about. 
but you decided to start a business around it. Mm -hmm. You started to build it out. And I use the word business loosely. Was it a business? Was it a passion project that turned into a business? Talk to me a little bit about the journey, like to be excited about that and then actually take it to the next level. Sure. Yeah. Um, so from 2007 till 2014, I, I ran a company called Joy Media. And it was a marketing firm that turned into a software development agency. And we had one particular product that took me to Southeast Asia. So here I am living in, in, in Bangkok for the first time. I had like one friend that was my co-founder. And I had to just figure out how I fit in, right? And I'm living here now. It's not like a two-week vacation. It's like six months. And really quickly, I realized that a, there's a really easy opportunity for me to meet people if we start playing sports that we both enjoy. So I, I found a Facebook group that was like ball hockey. And it's like 35 degrees out there, but you're playing ball hockey and like tennis courts. And <laughs> I've, been, I've, I've been to Bangkok. Oh, it's it's smoking hot every day, all crazy the time. Crazy hot, right? But the beauty of it was like, I show up there and my network went from one person to like 50 in a matter of, you know, an hour. And I just kept on showing up. <laughs> that's awesome in a matter of an hour like you said an hour <laughs> yeah like you're, you're meeting people you're high-fiving and you're talking to people on and off like the the court and you really quickly realize that many people are expats they're here from canada or the states and I've, I've always loved activity i've always loved team sports for the opportunity to bring people together and just like not only have fun but like work on your communication skills work on your camaraderie like really learn from other people in the same time and in and around the same time i was kind of I wasn't like burnt out from my position. I just felt like I didn't fit in anymore. So I was like, you know, I was kind of toying with the idea of like, if I do something different, I want it to be something that I'm super passionate about. So um, I ended up leaving my company in 2014, moving back to Calgary. And here I am after like my little exit and I'm living in a nice condo downtown and I'm living by these empty tennis courts. And every day I would look at these things and I'm like, I just want to play tennis, but I don't know anybody that plays tennis. Like I grew up playing hockey, soccer, like some of the more traditional sports, right? So none of my friends mm -hmm. that I grew up with played tennis. And I, I just felt how awkward it was to go to a court with a racket and just kind of stand there and be like, uh, stand around. Play? <laughs> you don't know if they want to play. You don't know if they're beating somebody. You don't know if you're going to be able to hang. There's all these different like anxieties that were starting to build up. So yeah. I started to ask a bunch of people if that would work out alone or be at the tennis courts alone. I'm like, how do you find tennis partners or... What's the anxiety that comes up when you want to meet somebody new? And often they were like scheduling conflicts, skills don't match up, or just not having a network. So around the same time, like dating apps were really blowing up as well too. This is like 2015. So I just thought, why don't we build like something similar to like a Bumble, but for activity buddies and base your preferences around like what you want to play, what time of the day that you like to play, what's your skill level for each, um, and kind of go from there. So that was really the, the idea of it. And um, yeah, and it, it just kind of got legs after we got our first customer. But it was really fun kind of coming up with that process and talking to more people and learning more about some of the uh, barriers that people have. And coming into that, did you bring in, were you the guy with the idea who also understood the tech? Because uh, I, mm -hmm. you know, there's the there's the tech guys that know how, the tech guys and gals that know how to do things. There's the people that have the idea, the entrepreneurs or the the startup mm -hmm. owners with the passion for it. Sometimes those are the one and the same. Sometimes they're not. Right. Were you able to kind of handle both sides of that? Because I know a lot of people that are like, oh, I've got yeah. this great idea. I just don't know the tech. I don't I don't know where to go or I don't know how to do it. Was that a, was that something that you had as a balance? You're laughing. No, so like, yeah, <laughs> I even though even though I owned like a software agency, like I was the operations guy, BD strategy. I've never coded a day yeah. in my life. You weren't, you weren't coding on the keys. No, yet. I wish. <laughs> you know, if, if I was a coder, my, my business would have been further, much further along. Um, 
I was, yeah. how, how did you conquer that? How did, cause that's a challenge I run into a lot of times uh, when I talk to and I've felt it myself yeah. being a non-technical founder. It was huge. Like, first of all, like I had, um, I got introduced by uh, a mentor to a developer that created our MVP, but the MVP okay. wasn't doing exactly what we wanted. So we, we created this product that had basically the opportunity for two people to engage with each other, but they, one of them had to make the first move and it wasn't happening. People weren't making the first move. So I remember going through this. We had about like 350 people download on the app because I got on CBC. They they got wind of the the, the app and whatever. And they interviewed me. And we had a big upswing. And oh, nice! You you picked up you picked up some earned media. Yeah, right it, was, it, was, it was great because yeah. I think you know it was it was a novel idea. People were interested about it. Um, I think it was David Gray from CBC and, and interviewed me. And that day we got a bunch of new downloads. But that was like, why are people not actually matching? Like, what's going on here? So my first developer. Um, it didn't work out because we had to iterate and I was so frustrated because like I just needed to change as on the fly based on the data that we were collecting over and over and over again. Yeah. And like I was my own power user. I'm like, I haven't even found anybody to play tennis with. And this is why I created the app. But going back to your question about the technical talent, like I had to find um, like, so I, I started working with a team called Bridgewater Labs and having okay. a CTO that had a stake in the company really changed things for me because they were like, you know, they had skin in the game they were really, really, um, you know, entrenched in the product. But if I could turn back time and do it all over again, I would have like a technical co-founder right from the get-go that was just as passionate okay. about mm -hmm. like solving that same problem from the technical side, from the actual business and like personal side. So for Bridgewater Labs, did you meet them as, were they looking for, uh, it sounds like you kind of put together a bit of a joint venture. They, they, they you said very quickly, you said skin in the game. Mm -hmm. They weren't just a here, here, give me money and we'll build something for you. They were invested. And did that show up as, as a, as a JV or did you bring them in as a, as a, as an actual partner in the company? John, I'm always curious mm -hmm. about the logistics of what makes it work. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So originally, um, after my first developer and I decided that we're going to part ways, I had to find a new team and I didn't, so I interviewed a bunch of people and a bunch, a bunch of different teams, but one of my friends here in Calgary, uh, Derek and Stefan, they owned a company called T-Link at the time and it was a golf app. Okay. So they were the only other app developers I knew. So they introduced me to their team and when I met their team, mm -hmm. they were really like, okay, we, we love this idea. We think we can work in our country and a lot of their developers are from Serbia as well too. So like, yeah, we, we love soccer, we love basketball. They, they really got the idea of the problem that we're trying to solve. So as we started working together, mm. their CEO, cool. Nikola um, Obradovich and I really built a relationship and he's like, instead of, you know, all this money that you owe me for dev, why don't we just like exchange it for equity? Cause I, I want to be part of this thing thing as well too. So that's how it all started. And, uh, yeah, he's been, a, he's been a partner ever since. That's great. So again, through the good old, no, no different than what you're trying to create, you know, somebody who knows somebody who introduces you to, yeah. and like, which is how so much of business gets done. It's kind of bang, kind of banging into people. So that was in 2016. Mm -hmm. You obviously had a couple starts and product iteration. You're on your product life cycle, all the terms you want mm -hmm. to use. You didn't have product market fit right out of the gate. You made some changes and then all of a sudden it quote unquote started to work. Was it as I'm making it sound very simple <laughs> in my version, but I must say, you know, how many years was it before you went from like, I know what I wanted to do it's not doing it to when you as an actual user mm -hmm. of your product when did you start to feel from 2016 they're like okay this thing's actually i would use this this mm -hmm. is awesome i'm i'm actually solving my original problem right right yeah so the, the problem that we were solving in the beginning was connecting those people and then what, what we found was those nudges weren't there to make it easy for people to actually make that first move because there's an inherent anxiety of meeting somebody new so as soon as we started incorporating some <laughs> yeah. of those lessons of like 
hey, Tyler, you and I have the exact same schedule. I'm going to send you an invite versus like a full on, hey, do you want to play right now? It's like, no, how about we invite to chat and just figure this out. So when we created more of a soft intro button, all of a sudden people were getting invites and they could actually view a profile and accept or decline or have a conversation. So then we saw the uptick kind of happening. So on the user side, we saw a lot of uptick right away. But on the business side, then we were like, okay, so this is a free app. How do we get paid? Because it, yeah, how do we monetize? Yeah, what's yeah, the, what's totally. the model here, right? And um, users are not going to pay because there's already other apps out there like that are free and dating apps are really free and it's the add-on. So we had, we had a couple of ways of going about it. You know, for originally we we're like, well, let's just build a massive user base and then monetize off like ten percent of them. But okay. in reality, that's really hard to do because you need a ton of money <laughs> yes. to put out there to actually. It's expensive, so you got to buy that oh user base in one way or another, yeah. right? Or, or acquire them. Earn media only takes you so far, right? Like you get those blips of yeah. like, yeah. So um, right away, we were like, okay, so how do we actually get paid, and and how do we utilize our partners to get more users? So. In 2016, I approached the city of Calgary and I said, you know, we're doing a good job connecting people in in this neighborhood of people that don't know each other and they're playing more in these free tennis courts and all that. But every day I walk by the Beltline Aquatic Center and I've lived in Calgary my entire life. And for my entire existence here, I've thought that that was a pool, only a pool. Until I met somebody that told me there's a climbing wall in there. There's a gym that you can rent. There's a swimming pool and there's like a bunch of like yoga classes and whatever, but, and the drop in's like six bucks. So I was like, I had no idea any of that. Existed. That's funny. I've, I've walked by parked in front of driven by that facility many times that I would have probably, I'd never, it, I've never even crossed my mind to go check it right? out. <laughs> yeah. I was like the majority of people that we talked to. So as we were validating the problem for the, the people, we're also asking them now for the business side, like what else would you like to, to know? Like what's, what's important to you? And a lot of people are saying, well, I, I don't know about events that are going on and I don't know about facilities that are nearby. So we approached the city of Calgary and said, look, we have an opportunity for you to create engagement and um, create awareness for some of your underutilized space. Would you pay for that? So that created the model on the other side. And in return, they were now promoting Play City to city people because ultimately we're creating safer neighborhoods, diverse relationships, um, healthier communities, like everybody won in this two-sided marketplace. So at that point, it started to work and things were going great. And we started building more partnerships and we're connected people at gyms. And uh, the value proposition to them was the same as well too. Like you join a gym, most people have their headphones on, they're kind of doing their thing and they leave. What if we can help create more friendships at the gym? They would probably retain a lot more members than they currently are. And they would just have a better experience to tell their friends about it. So how do we utilize that? Well, the, pot- the potential to get more members to join because you see your friends are there, or the people that you know, and so on and exactly. so forth. So at, at, from from the metrics or the key KPIs for the business, was it amount of users? Was it partners? What were some of the key numbers that you guys were monitoring or tracking to show that things were moving in the right yeah, direction? Yeah, I think the biggest one was definitely like new users and then active users. And the active users were okay. the toughest one. And going back to our technology, that was the toughest one. The engagement on the platform was ultimately like the bane of my existence because (laughs) we did an amazing job creating connections. Like you and I would connect, but what would happen because the app doesn't function as well as like, you know, WhatsApp or text or whatever, people would just share their numbers and they're gone. So that was great. I I helped create an amazing connection and then they left. So 
right. not having the because that wasn't the platform they were going to use to actually communicate exactly with each other. Yeah. yeah like i had people messaging yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. on instagram or whatsapp or whatever let's go play tennis let's do this cuz i was the guy i just became the guy that would always played that was my job literally but i was like not <laughs> you just said yes yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm in but it was yeah. so annoying because i wasn't getting asked on play city i was getting asked on whatsapp or i was getting asked on this so i was like okay there's there's a miss here somewhere right um yeah, well, that is, and that's an interesting psychology when you think about all the different platforms we mm-hmm. have, you know, even in business. I have some people that are like, oh, just send me a text. Other people are like, oh, you know, hey, hit me up on LinkedIn mm-hmm. or, you know, or WhatsApp or, or Messenger or whatever the case may be. But we have so many ways to communicate. Like, I almost notice myself. I have this dashboard that I scan. Mm-hmm. I look at Slack. I look at Asana. I look at mm-hmm. email. Then I check my WhatsApp group because I've got different groups of people that I even have different relationships with based on what platform right. they're on. Like, we have all these ways to communicate, but we're not all, we don't all look at them the same way and i could see your platform just being another one on the list exactly right? <laughs> yeah that's funny like we'll get into this after too mm, yeah it's a legit challenge but the, the new company that I joined is literally solving that problem as well too to kind of bring all these things into one spot uh which is which is a bright spot okay well and so talk to me a little bit about um being a startup founder mm-hmm. is hard <laughs> raising funds is hard being you know monetizing being profitable supporting yourself turning something mm-hmm. that started very much as a passion and something you believed in and that transition into like this is actually a viable business case and it's actually supporting you know myself mm-hmm. and and my co-founders and everyone else involved what did that look like because 2016 was a long time yeah. ago now <laughs> seven years ago as time flies and i know you've moved into a new role now and uh, things are evolving so talk to me a little bit just about the founder's journey of the many maybe I, i'm going to boldly say sleepless nights or or, or or days where you're like oh man is this gonna make sense yeah. like, i gotta make some money on so this many <laughs> i gotta I, I gotta put a roof over my head <laughs> so many so many sleepless nights um okay so yeah 2016 we launched you know things are going pretty great we got the city of calgary as a customer and things were kind of rolling yeah. um 2017 we joined an accelerator program called the rbc social enterprise accelerator which got us like really clear on kind of what we were doing and really focused on like the impact from there, we got introduced to uh, the Radius Slingshot Accelerator, which is in Vancouver. So I, when I, I moved okay. out there in 2018. And throughout that process, we were working with the city and onboarding more customers here, and people are using the app, more earned media. But we're still like, how do we scale this thing? Because we're just Calgary-based. Like, I'm just hands, I, need, I need more hands on, on, on the app, but I also need more feet on the ground. And marketing was an issue, and I wasn't really out there raising money because the model wasn't really clear for investors. And, and even for myself, okay. I was like, yep. I'm not really clear how we make money here. So I get accepted into this accelerator program. <clears throat> and from there, we uh, ended up winning our demo day, and we got introduced to MEC. So Mech now is one of our biggest like national partners and their value proposition was we want to get people outside. We want to track activity outdoors and we want to sell them goods that make sense to them. So why don't we promote Play City to everyone that's at Mech and all of our stores. And every time they buy something, we'll give them a postcard with a QR code that says you've got the gear. Now go find somebody to go be active with. That sounds amazing. It was incredible. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. That's a great move. That sounds great. I feel the energy. Oh my that. god, man! It was huge. Like I celebrated. Like we had won the lottery. I was like, yes. You know, like we have a we have a path to users. Our marketing dollars are like going to use. So it's going to be like really really low cost of acquisition. Things are great. So this was in 2019. So that for that first year, we were very much in like Calgary and Vancouver, building all these relationships. Okay. And then 2020, as we know, COVID hits, and. Um, now yes. we go the, the big the big tor- the torpedo of COVID, oh my god yeah. man we went from like really solving a huge need in the world connecting people 
to being like almost illegal because now we're potential super spreaders <laughs> and now people are scared and they don't want to meet new people and we're like the complete opposite of what we want to do so that took a lot oh man oh i feel i'm feeling the emotional like the, the rug just got Dude. pulled out i you know i'll be honest when we were talking i kind of forgot covid was coming <laughs> i got excited i was hearing the idea i was all pumped because i am doing the best i can to just block out that whole last couple of years mm-hmm. of my, out of my head and all of a sudden i was like oh shit yeah i forgot about covid like yeah. the ultimate like like poison pill for your business oh my god man <laughs> so like i i moved back to calgary because uh you know everyone was just kind of like doing their thing for covid and i'm just back at my parents house yeah and I'm literally now, as a 33, 34-year-old adult, living in my parents' basement, being like, what am I doing? You know, like, we just put in all this time and effort, and the world's going to, like, wherever it's going at this moment. I'm still so focused on, like, creating value for our end user, which is, like, activity and connection and still doing these things. So how do we do this, right? So I remember talking to Tyler, um, Tyler Burke, who was my uh, marketing uh, and creative director. And we're like, let's just create products that help people still get outside. So we created a scavenger hunt that we're like, you got to use the app because we're going to give you like um, hints. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll okay, give you cool. hints on where yeah. things have been placed in the city. And I started working with like the Parks Foundation in Calgary and Red Bull Calgary, or sorry, Red Bull Canada gave us some like product. And um who else do we work with? Like Big Chief Beef Jerky. They're like, okay, if you can actually get people outside and they'll find something and they'll post their selfie on Instagram, we'll put them into a draw yep. to win like a prize pack. And local laundry gave a sweater. Like we just did, did what we had to do. So we did that for like a year and scavenger hunts after scavenger hunts. I ran like a bunch of different hikes because like, you know, people couldn't actually park pool. But I was like, the only thing we can really do is hike, socially distance hikes. Yeah, as long as we're three meters yeah. apart. So yeah, totally. meet me at the trailhead and we'll, we'll go do this thing, right? So we literally did whatever we had to do to get people out. In the meantime, yeah. uh, we started something called The Collective, which is like a mental health check-in through Zoom every week. So that evolved into like Entrepreneurs Anonymous, which is a whole other story. But essentially, it was, the, it was the bringing people together still through a shared interest and working on mental health. And what I would do is I would bring in like personal trainers and other people that would guide like a session on, on Zoom for everyone that showed up, like a stretching class or some kind of quick workout, and then everyone would leave after they've talked about gratitude. Oh, wow. Okay, so you guys pivoted You guys pivoted all over the place. It was just it's survival nice. mode. I'm like, how do we still keep the mission alive? Yeah. The mission was connecting people through a shared interest that's good for you, right? Too bad we can't do it in person right now, but let's, let's do what we can. So I was just like pulling at strings. Who's going to sponsor this? Who's going to show up? What's happening here? Um. And then things kind of started turning around. We saw this opportunity of like companies now have this really big hybrid workforce and they're not really creating mm-hmm. culture. Like they're not having those collisions at work anymore. And retention's a big thing. So as people now are getting back to work or, you know, kind of getting back to this routine, that's the, where the pivot happened. We're like, okay, Play City is going to be help companies create connection through shared interest by helping that organization now create better retention and create a culture of like well-being and caring as like the forefront and we started making the change and man like it took me a year and a half but i finally signed shaw communications as like our first customer like our first client for the the corporate realm of where we're in and i thought again i hit the lottery i'm like nice congrats man yeah yeah i was gonna well, say that's congratulations i'm assuming that this story is evolving but <laughs> those are the wins those are those are the things that keep you alive yeah. right and keep you and keep you feeling like you're you know bottom line what's the number one thing at these points it's hope yeah. you can't lose no hope. <laughs> it was huge right we're like finally you know like thank you to jay brewster and everybody else that kind of like pushed us through getting all to the hoops 
um, and things just started going well. I, I got this grant called the Digital Traction Fund, which is about like 70K that would help us like, you know, pay myself, uh, pay our development team. So like we had a little bit of life, right? Um, totally, yeah. <laughs> fast forward like six, seven months, we learn about the Shaw and Rogers, uh, you know, merger. Yeah. And all of a sudden, anything that's not business critical is getting dropped. And even though we created like a lot of connection and had all these wicked KPIs, what a roller coaster! Oh man. my god, I, love I had like PTSD. <laughs> I love it and hate it at the same time. Yeah, it's no like kidding. it was Mac first, you know, and then it was Shaw, and I was like, these are massive, massive sales cycles. I'm just like barely getting by, hustling, you know, working at my parents' shop on the side as well too, like, and doing whatever I can to stay positive. Like I quit drinking, I I worked out as much as I could. I surrounded myself with good people. I was like, how much can I just do just to survive in this thing? And then it was was just, it's just been a grind. You know what I mean? So at the end of the last year, I just told myself like, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I've been working on this for seven years. I turned 40 this year. Kind of want to start building like a life beyond just the impact that I'm trying to create. Like I'm, I I don't want to be like the Rudy story. This guy's just keeping on going. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I got you. It's getting yeah, yeah. painful, you know? So. And so you're, it's now, I'm looking at, of course, I'm looking at your LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So I see, I see you've added a, a new layer to your LinkedIn profile, which is February, 2023, yep. which is, we are in the second week of February. So this is relatively new. So I'm assuming things have now take, you know, from yourself personally. And I think this is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you and I chatted about this before we even pushed record was, you know, you build this business and you build this thing that is your identity and is everything you're passionate mm-hmm. about. And, but there's still also moments where, you know, you are still you and the thing is still the thing. And maybe you'd need to relook at it and, go in some different directions in your life. Like how Mm -hmm. much, how much of that was a, I can only imagine that was a bit of a, uh, navel gazing or kind of a deep process. It very much was, you know, like I've, I've been seeing psychologists now for a couple of years and a lot of what we talk about is it's good for you, man. That's great. That's awesome. I only started doing that because my physio, uh, my physio would stop treating me because he's like, you're just continuously creating this pain over and over again in your mind and it's going to your body. We got to get to the root of this stuff. Uh, Right. Yeah. I have I have been there, but that's another oh, podcast yeah, all to itself. Right there. So <laughs> I, I really had to start pulling myself away from the outcome or the product because in throughout COVID, we created like a safe space for entrepreneurs. You know, I created uh, the Entrepreneurs Anonymous. There was like something that was the impetus to the podcast. Um, I started working at my dad's shop. Like what I learned in that process was that I am much more than just Play City. And Play City is, an, is, a, is a, something that I've developed with a team based on my values and ethics and what I want to put out to the world. It doesn't mean it's the be-all, end-all. There has to be some sort of a line that you draw, or maybe it just has to land somewhere else, right? So as soon as I could like disassociate myself, and it was really hard because every time I meet people, whether it was online or in person, everyone knew me as like, hey, Play City, man, how's it going? Because it was fun and it was cool and whatever. And that became tough because I was like, I have to disassociate with myself from that. Um, and then it got a little weird, right? That's, that, that's such a trick. It's so yeah. hard, you know, and I had a friend years ago, he always said that was his advice. The older I get, the more it makes sense of, you know, never build yourself on top of your business mm. or your idea, build yourself alongside exactly. because you are you and it is it. And yeah. th- that mistake will always haunt you. And he was like, I did it. So I'm speaking from experience yeah. and the older, the longer I'm around, let's just say that. I don't know about getting older. The longer I'm around, the more I realize how true that statement was. Totally. Yeah. So it's very important to like diversify and grow as an individual as you go through it. Right. So I, I started doing podcasting. I started creating like more communities outside 
uh, you know, we did a lot of fun stuff as well too. Like I had all these other skills that I was building on my parents' business, operationalizing my dad's shop and streamlining all these things and helping them get acquired. And they're still in the midst of an acquisition, but I've been quarterbacking some of that. So I realized that I have a lot more to give. So I was having conversations with other people and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to join a, I want to join a company that has funding that I, I really miss joining. I miss working with a team that's like aligned, you know what I mean? Like mm. causing yeah, yeah. like constructive chaos. Let's, let's do some good stuff together, but let's, let's, let's get in there and get dirty together. Right. So I, I missed having that. Constructive chaos. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I just started learning more about myself. I'm like, you know what? Like I, I know what I want now. I, I want to work on an impactful project. I want to work with a team. And I started, I kind of just do it out there. And, um, I had a really good conversation with uh, like Arlette Watwood, who is, uh, you know, my co-founder of, a bright spot now. She's been like a mentor and a really good friend for the last like 12 years. And she was oh, like, nice. mm-hmm. we just got an opportunity for you to potentially join us and help us with sales and BD and whatnot. Like, what do you think? And I was like, sure, let me, let me, let me learn more. Right. I just threw it out there. And I was like, I'm going to Mexico city and like a week and my goal is to come back in two weeks with a job so how do we make this happen i don't know if it's with you guys but i kind of made that like i threw it out to the universe right this is what i want yeah yeah i know i love it man you yeah. manifested it out there yeah, yeah. No, i got so it she yeah. helped like move things along really quickly I, I met the board of directors they really liked like what i was bringing to the table um some of the lived experiences and yeah i'm now like eight days in to this new gig where I'm the head of growth working with a really, really exciting startup called Brightspot and Play City is still in the background. Um, I'm finding it a good home. That's my, my goal for this year or like the next quarter. It's just to really help an organization that has the same mandates use what we've already built and kind of take it on. So that's where I'm at. That's amazing, man. Congratulations. Like that's such a, you made, you made that sound so fluid and easy, which I appreciate that, that, that would not, that's not the case because this is not how life Mm -hmm. is, but when you have a positive attitude and you can stay energized and you get out for your daily play dates with yourself or with others, uh, how it keeps, how it allows, like how much was, how much did physical activity and staying fit and healthy? And I understand there was a mental and physical component Mm -hmm. there. I don't want to just trying to say, Hey, go out and go out and go for a hike and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. There are both sides of that, but Mm -hmm. how much did that play up? play a role in your mind in supporting you through the trials and tribulations of building this thing and all the realities of the last, even, even just the last three yeah. years alone, even the, even the startup years before. Honestly, that. I believe it's been pivotal. Like I got, I already knew how important play was to me. Cause like I would be so energized when I, when I meet somebody on the tennis court and we'd have that first rally and we were like, you know, aligned or like evenly matched, I'd be like giddy, like a kid. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be the best hour and a half of my <laughs> day. Awesome. Like we're going to play. It's gonna be so fun. And I'd walk away being like all these things. So already it was just, I walked away with the endorphins. I walked away meeting somebody new, having like a friend. But then when all that was taken away from me and I still had to be active, what I, what I gained from still continuing to be active and having more um, intentional food and intentional like lifestyle changes was that I built more confidence in myself. I was like, I'm actually showing up for myself. And the more I show up for myself, the better things get. So if you don't show up for yourself, nobody else will. I found that I was attracting more people in my life. I was attracting better partners. Like I'm, I'm dating someone really amazing right now as well too. Like she's so aligned. Like she loves cross country skiing. She works out five days a week. She like loves good food. It's all aligned based on lifestyle. And I, I feel like my gut is feeling better. My mind's working better. And when I move, <laughs> like all of it aligns, right? And I have a beautiful husky that uh, I was very intentional when I got her as well too. Like I want a dog, but I want the account. I want the ultimate accountability partner. 
So I, I, I got a dog that was like, <laughs> yo, you need, you need to take me for two hours a day, right? How old's your, uh, how old's your husband? Uh, she'll be four in June. Yes, I have, an, I have a two and a half year old Australian shepherd, oh, yeah. so I completely get what you're saying. No need to explain. I 100% get yeah. it. My, my life has got better, but the accountability is, is there. Like you've got, especially in a work from home environment. Yep. Her and I hang out at home all day yeah. and we need to go for walks and we need to go to the park. These are non-negotiable items in my life. Yeah, right. And like, I feel like she walks me versus like the other way around. I'm like, this is amazing. Like you're making me get outside and get in that fresh air and move my body and connecting with people at the dog park and seeing the city in a different light and slowing things down, appreciating sunshine or snow, whatever. It's just like good to be out there. <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. 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 So such thing as bad, bad weather, just bad gear. Exactly. Right, as they say. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about your kind of thoughts and this, I'm going a little bit off on a fringe mm-hmm. here, but I'm, I recently was at a workshop with a, with a speaker ex U uh, S air force guy and really talking about the difference between a working group and a team. Mm-hmm. And he used sports team as part of his analogy. Of course, he grew up in a world of high-performance fighter aircraft Mm. and debriefing and proper mission planning and humility and vulnerability in a group where you know, the media has never portrayed those as vulnerable mm-hmm. or humble. Because like, if you're going to fly a mission successfully where everyone's life in a line, everyone needs to be able to rely on each mm-hmm. other and admit when something didn't go right and how they'd fix it next right. time. I've seen that sometimes happen better in a sports environment, mm-hmm. in a sports team. You know, using the word team, like a bunch of people working together isn't a team. It could just be a bunch of people doing work right. under intense deadlines and pressure, but there's no teamwork. In sports, and you you made the comment about this new company, if like you've got a really strong team to mm-hmm. work with what what's that you know how do you draw those parallels between what you've seen kind of through a sport <clears throat> environment and people that are maybe used to playing on a team a high performance or a, a team that that you know even plays together for a while mm-hmm. you develop a shorthand and a lingo uh, any thoughts on just your parallels of how that maybe does parallel with a work environment okay. or maybe needs to parallel more now i now i'm protecting my no, own views on it i think question. i think you nailed it right like just because you have a bunch of people together doesn't mean they're a cohesive team right and to be very honest, like yeah, that's big, that's a huge myth out is, there right yeah. now. <laughs> and to be very, very honest for anyone listening, like I've been a lone wolf for so long. And to be and even the sports that I do play that I really enjoy the most are like solo sports, right? Like I'm playing badminton, yeah, tennis, golf, you know, stuff like that. Um, so now be joining a team, like I'm relearning certain things as well too. And I, I found like my challenge is not gonna be the knowledge that I, I bring to the company and portraying that. It's going to be portraying it in a way that's like conducive to that team environment so that we can build that shorthand. So it's not like one person trying to one up the other or whatever. Like that's not ever what I want. But I know that my communication style, because I've worked with contractors and other people, has been a little more aggressive. And I've been the the person on the ground and all that. So I'm learning these things very quickly about myself. I'm like, I need to adjust the way I communicate so I can be a better team player Versus just that well, one person that's kind of getting stuff done on this side, right? To really be trusted and, um, yeah, kind of build. But it's also, it's a, it's a weird mix as well, too, because, like, especially when you join something new, you want to, for sure, like, prove that they made a right decision by bringing you on. But at the same time, all I'm feeling is, like, this insecurity sometimes. Or, like, I, I want to leave with vulnerability. I'm like, am I adding value? Like, am I am I annoying you? Am I, like... I'm almost sounding in my head like, am I too needy? Like, what's going on? You know, but I need this validation to know <laughs> really that like, I'm on the right track. I really like the dichotomy of what you said of like, you know, I'm new to the team, so I want to prove that they hired the right person. So I want to, you know, go out and score some right. goals. We're just going to keep, we're going to pull the sports thing through this whole conversation. You know, you go out there and you rip down the field and you score the goal, but you 
don't pass to your teammates. Mm-hmm. You 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 get in. You know you know you ruin someone else's play because you're so focused on look 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 at the value by going. Hey, there's X amount of other people on this team. Yep. Do you work with? Have those been just self self reflections? You you in the mirror, you in the fireside chat, where you did mention working with a psychologist. How much has that played a factor? You know, I psychologist, coach, uh, you know, teammate, mm-hmm. someone that you can that can also help you point out your blind spots. I think you, we always need to surround people to go. Hey hey um, you want some feedback? Yes I do, and it's probably. <laughs> not going to feel great but i yeah. want it is that a is that a big factor for you you said about bringing you know working with a psychologist for the last mm-hmm. two years and i really i really celebrate you for saying that out loud it's so important but yet still sometimes stigmatized in our society more so than i think it should be which is yeah no definitely no thanks for saying that i think everybody needs a psychologist um we we uh, we, we repress a lot of thoughts and then become like behavioral changes and all <laughs> kinds do. of stuff right like we we, there's, we we need to keep things simple right and a lot oftentimes we're our own worst enemy and it's usually our like our ego trying to protect us but knowing that we can actually get in there and, and control some of these things like our breathing or the way we like talk to ourselves, all of that will play a part. Um, but to answer your question, I, I don't, I haven't talked to my psychologist since I've started this job. I'm really, really deeply considering looking at like a coach for myself personally to help me transition from like a lone wolf into a team player and to be a better team player. Cause I've also realized, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but even when I played hockey growing up, I was a goalie. So it was me with my oh, mask interesting on. Posi- yeah, yeah, in interesting my cage, position. Yeah, right? totally. I'm not on the bench talking to everybody and high fiving all that. It's just me, like, oh god, don't let the don't, don't let the pucker ball in, right? Like, and yelling at my teammates, whatever kind of quarterback and stuff. I've always been in this kind of like weird quarterback role. Interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I need to relearn a lot of things, right? And a lot of that is just like me. I really things. appreciate that. And, and- and playing goalie, what are you, you're not on the bench. You're not swapping in no. and out. That's a completely different. If you get swapped out, it's because you're not performing and you're right. pulled off the ice, right? It's a, even a different exactly. mindset of, you know, yes, there's a team around you, but if you let that goal in, oh, the goalie let mm-hmm. the goal in, not to, not necessarily always the team let the goal in. <laughs> I really appreciate the self-awareness. And if he's just getting older, I love getting older as long as you pay attention. Because it doesn't, just getting older doesn't sometimes make you more aware of the things going mm-hmm. on in your life. If you purposely pay attention to like, oh, that's actually helping or that's actually holding right. me back. That's when things will arguably get better. Otherwise, you can just keep smashing your way through with the same beliefs that got you there. 100%. Right? <laughs> like, I, I truly believe a lot of people are the same person they were when they were 16 as an adult. And they just haven't really evolved because they haven't taken the time to reflect. And it's it's painful, right? Like knowing yourself is it super, is, super yeah. tough. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a valuable exercise. And I, I, something I've been fascinated with since I was a kid, I'd always ask myself questions like, why are we here? Why are we doing it that way? Can you tell me why? Like, you know, I, I'd always challenge people and teachers hated me for it. My, my parents would even get pissed off because I was like, why do you want me to do that? Why do you want me to be a lawyer? Why? 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 And this is going into like my like adulthood, right? So I'm, I'm questioning myself a lot now as well too. Like, why do I do this? Why do I respond that way? Why do I feel this way? Um, and what can I do about it? So, it's, it's, so I think awareness is half the battle. And then like, what do you do with it, right? So I'm, I'm challenging uh, yes, myself. Yes, well, 100%. Yeah, awareness is, is sometimes a small half. The next part is, is, the, is the action. Right. But I do love sports and activity because sometimes it can, it can amplify the environment. Mm-hmm. So it can, you know, uh, it can add some tension. It can add some fatigue. Yeah. There's a physicality to it. You know, you take someone for a hike and things get dicey or the trail gets messy or the light, you start to lose light. You really find out who's on the verge of freaking out and who's not. Absolutely. Those kind of environments I do like because is, per, I'm going to, I'm going to put the parameter that you're in an environment where you're personally still mm-hmm. safe. You can really get to where your, your blocks are or where some of your beliefs are that aren't serving you. As soon as you add a little tension and a little physical uh, exertion to the right. mix. 100%. Like 
I'll give you an example. I went to Mexico City with my uh, with my with my partner now, and we like stress tested the environment. Like we haven't been dating that long, but we're like let's go somewhere different, yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. and see how we we have to come <laughs> back stronger, or it's not going to work, right? And it worked out really well. There's, th- there's three ways: you can travel, yeah. you can hang wallpaper together, or teach someone teach the other one to drive uh-huh. standard. Those I think are three of the top tests for a relationship. <laughs> there you go. So it's like. How, how do you bring that same? You guys went traveling. Nice. Yeah, I like but it's that. like, it's like, like stress, that. Te- stress testing it, but like to your point of like finding your blind spots and putting yourself in positions that are uncomfortable sometimes. Um, I'm, I, I'm doing that with the new company now as well, too. You know, like I, the, the people that I'm working with have been, I've known them for years. I've never actually worked with them this intimately on the actual mm-hmm. like problem solving side of it. So there is some like good tension of like really trying to value, value the, like create the value propositions and get clear on our messaging and all these things. Um, but there's also ways that I need to learn how to communicate that I appreciate all the work that you've done and everything that you've actually put into this already yeah. and not say things like right or exactly. Like I've already known that. It's kind of like, even though that's not what I mean, it's coming off as me being that way. That this, is, this is my insecurity of me like looking at myself. So I need to really, that's, these are things I want to work on. Well, and it's such a powerful, I really love, I love your awareness and your insight around it because joining a new organization, you have that kind of bit of approving. We want to show that we were the right choice. And you're also uniquely positioned to provide an external viewpoint of what they've been doing mm-hmm. because there gets to be some group thinking, well, geez, I, you know, I don't know. Why is it that we do it that right. way? Well, that's just the way we've always done it. So you're in such a unique position to shake up the apple cart a little bit. And as your role as co-founder and head of mm-hmm. growth, that's a little bit of your mandate. Right. But if you don't do it in a way that the rest of your team, and we'll use a sports mm-hmm. analogy, is still willing to play with you the next mm-hmm. day, it doesn't really matter how quote-unquote smart mm-hmm. you are on a Tuesday if no one will return your emails on a Wednesday. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I think, I think you nailed it. And I, honestly, like, I might have to go see my psychologist because you added in that goalie getting pulled analogy. And I'm like, damn, I didn't think about that. Like, that's adding a whole new layer of trauma to me. <laughs> oh, man. When's the last time we asked a 10-year-old for advice? Oh. Every day. Because we're, we're dealing with some baggage or some story that we've been telling ourselves for 30 Seriously, years or 20 years. Right? Yeah, I think, I think that you nailed that's the core belief, right? Like, if I don't do this well, I'm going to get pulled. Um <laughs> Well, so I wasn't, hey, I wasn't trying to do armchair psychology. That one just kind of snuck in there. It's good though. It's good. I'm not a psychologist, but I play one on my podcast twice a week. It's great. It's very valid, right? Like you brought some new awareness to me. Because I really, I really appreciate the, uh, the candor and just the willingness to have a real, like, hey, I knew you and I were going to have a good chat because we were willing to kind of get outside the, outside the guardrails mm-hmm. of like, oh, let's talk about our, let's talk about, you know, the blind spots and the weaknesses and the fears yeah. and the traumas and the dramas that cause us to perform. Um, so Play City, you've got some deals on the table. So I'm, I'm clear and I'm bold to say that's not going away. No. You're opening up a new opportunity for a lot of reasons that make a lot of sense in listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. But I really love what Play City is all about. So I can confidently say that this is still available and it's still going to be, it's kind of moving into side hustle status. Is that is that a safe way? It seems like that's the buzz. That's a buzzy term these days. I mean, <laughs> yes, uh, definitely Play City will still be around. Like people are downloading every single day. We've created groups on the app that people can self um, you know, create different hiking activities and kind of like self-organize and things like that. So it's taking a lot of pressure off me to like curate all these experiences. People are kind of doing it themselves. My goal is to find a home for a play city to add value to their organization. So you have a lot of sport organizations that have a mandate of removing barriers to connect people that have never met through a shared activity, you know, bring awareness to a lot of the organizations like karate or capoeira or like soccer that are underutilized. And how do we like connect those dots? Mm. So I want to work with organizations that do that. I have a couple already kind of brewing. I am, I am part of the Active City Collective, 
uh, here in Calgary as well too, which brings a lot of these organizations together. So I'm trying to add value there. But we're having some really cool conversations with some members of how we can add value to them specifically around their mandate. So uh, that's a long-winded way of saying, yes, definitely, I'm very passionate about Play City and why we created it. That's not going away. I just need to... I need to get paid. (laughs) (laughs) Call call it out, man. I love it. Be honest. That's I I I appreciate. Yes, absolutely. I need to just do something that is going to be challenging with the team environment that offers some stability in my life as I'm getting older and I want different things. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at now. So we'll see where things go. I love it. And already, just so you know, I'm pre-booking you for six months now or eight months about Brightspot and co-founder and head of growth. And okay, what was the first, you know, 30, 60, 90? So we're going to, that's a whole nother podcast and coming into an existing organization that's still in a startup mode, being the new guy with an existing team, but being brought in to drive things Mm -hmm. forward. That's a that, that's a roadmap unto itself that is different every, every time. So I, I I'm just finding excuses for hey, you. Chat I love it. <laughs> if you have any tips and tricks for me for that, I'm all ears. Right. <laughs> well, it's always easy to have advice when you're not on the field, right? <laughs> so sure, I got I got a million ideas <laughs> from from the bench from the bench. If he's what's the what's the best way for uh, hey back to ways of getting a hold of people? Yeah. If people want to play a sport with you, go to the app. I'm sure they can find yep. you there. But all jokes aside, is do you have a preferred? What's the best way? Do you what, what do you what, what platform do you like to use to communicate? I'm I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So if you want to talk to me That's about cool. like physical activity, well being, entrepreneurship. Um, if you're interested about what we're doing at Brightspot, helping your organization create like efficiencies that work through knowledge sharing or peer-to-peer learning, hit me up on, on, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram as well, too. I do a lot of cooking. Not as good as you. Man, your cooking is next level. But <laughs> I've, been on, I've been on a bit of a cooking tour. It's incredible. I, I watch <laughs> your cooking. Thanks for, notice, thanks for noticing oh, man, that. Thanks like for the noticing. pies and stuff like that you make, like, you're inspired the hell out of me. I, I make a lot of basic <laughs> stuff, but I'm, I'm on Instagram, and uh, I'm pretty active on there. Nice, but nice. Um, yeah, those are probably the two big channels. That's it. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn is that one social media channel I feel hasn't jumped the shark, as they say, in terms of it still gives me more credibility than it does just distraction, to be right. clear. Yeah. <laughs> That's my belief anyways. And obviously, um, Play City app, I, it's on the App Store. I downloaded it. You can check it out there. Go, 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 and get, go and get involved. And uh, good luck with your new, with your new venture. And uh, all jokes aside, I look forward to having you on again in the near future, my friend. That was Thanks a great Thanks so much Thank for having you. me. That was amazing.